This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! Post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it, oh, deflection, and a goal! Gets to Mitchell, it's another goal! Incredible hobble! pre-season or when the season ended I had a full plan of how my summer was gonna map out in terms of the pod had stuff lined up we were gonna do a bulk record so I wouldn't have to do much over those uh quiet weeks and then it all went crazy in Swindon Townland managers left players left things happened and I thought well let's just see this out now you know let's scrap the summer plan. The summer plan would have been was compromised for other reasons anyway. But let's scrap that. And there's going to be plenty of news coming out in the next weeks. And although we've been given news, it's not been nowhere near as busy as I thought it would be. But at least we have stuff to talk about today, Joe. So thank you for joining me. It's always a pleasure. It's it's nice to have a break from you know hiding with the curtains drawn, all the windows open, and just trying desperately to keep cool in this sweltering heat. Yeah, yeah. And and the problem with the heat, for me, as a football fan, and as a you know part-timer, frankly, in pre-season, is I was all geared up to go to Eastleigh on Saturday, but I've seen the weather forecast, and it's too hot. It's too hot for football. 
this is cricket weather anyway, as the great Reg Smeaton would say, this is this is cricket season, and I and I full heartedly agree. But I was gonna mosey on down, but you're not gonna get football in thirty degree heat. I, I will suffer. I will suffer so much. I, I I don't deal with heat very well at all, as you can hear. Yeah, 30 and the rest, apparently, because some of the rumours oh. are it might be even higher. It sounds almost that there's like an amber warning level so far. Now, the last amber level warning level I saw was in February when we had that storm that actually ripped the roof off my work when it turned to a red. So I was wondering if it can be, if it gets to those sort of extremes, is it? Is it palatable? We had we had drinks breaks in the friendly yesterday, but good readiness for uh, for Johnny while he's sitting on the bench in Qatar, though. Well, yes, I mean, you know, Bale has got LA, brilliant, and Johnny Williams has Eastleigh away to really get used to that heat. Yeah, equidistant. <laughs> You're welcome, Johnny Williams. Frankly, okay, so. We didn't pod Swindon Supermarine, and the reason for that was it was just a single result, and there was no other news to talk about. So I didn't feel the need. Swindon lost the uh, the regular derby two nil, uh, thanks to a goal from Harding and a trialist. There was not really much from those I know who went to the game. There wasn't really much to say. I mean, it wasn't a stellar performance. This was the first runouts of the summer for a fair few, the majority, well, all of our predicted first-team players. There were a couple of trialists on show, one being former Bristol City player Jamie Taylor. I think he's already been and gone. The, the only thing I really took from this is that I did have a quick dip into social media because I heard that there was, you know, mild hysteria. And I didn't really see much. All I saw was people talking about hysteria but no hysteria itself football eh well you say that but you don't you don't fool me with that lead in you didn't do the pod because you're raging i bet you're absolutely raging all right joe promise not to talk about this yeah i was just like if you can't beat supermarine what's the point in this season yeah i said that to you in in confidence joe sorry to sell you out like that yeah there was a lot of a lot of what we'd call preemptive craziness beforehand of people anticipating oh watch everybody have a meltdown now oh we've lost the Super Arena it's only the second game there's been pre-seasons where we've lost the Super Arena before and it's gone great but the actual moaning bit I couldn't see I could see people pointing out the moaning but I just couldn't quite find it on my feed maybe maybe it was elsewhere yeah other than Supermarine crying emoji you know, that, that's pretty much as vicious as it got <laughs> from a couple of people, but certainly didn't see anything. And everyone's feeds are different, I'm sure. But I just uh, I just dipped into a couple of things and there was nothing outrageous, which is great. That's what we want, because it is just a preseason friendly. And Scott, Scott Lindsay was absolutely right. It's not about results at this time of the year. It's about getting minutes on the board blah 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 but I completely agree with that so onwards to the week and we have had a signing which is lovely Tom Clayton formerly of Liverpool has signed for an undisclosed fee Clayton is a Scotland under 21 international never played for the first team hasn't played out on loan with anyone either interestingly enough but I think he's played in the Papa John's trophy 
he's been there for a long, long time. So there's loads of pedigree here. We'll talk about him in just a moment, but it's just nice to get the occasional signing, isn't it? I mean, I think from people I'm talking to now, they are sort of looking more looking more towards Swindon making more attacking base signings, but you can't argue with where Tom Clayton has come from. It's really nice of Swindon to put a bit of money into Liverpool. Heaven knows they need it, don't they? Liverpool Football Club. You know, so it's nice to do that for them. But um yeah, I think everyone was surprised it wasn't a loan deal. So it's great that he's he's committed. Yeah, that's certainly what surprised me because I'd seen the name buzzing around on the usual social media and ITKs because there was an was it Gilchrist or someone, another room and loan and then they were saying that wasn't happening and saw Clayton's name buzzing around and then the assumption is of course that well that'll be a loan and fine, we'll take him. And then the surprise to see, you know, as as Olive dutifully saying, you're not alone. You are ours to keep with the fee and with, with two years as well. It's surprising to have a you know, to have a option from you know from Liverpool or from the Academy come through, but it makes sense if he wasn't making that breakthrough. Uh it's my duty as a Cymru representative to obviously make reference to a Welsh team, but you look at you look at Nico Williams not managing to get a role through, and then Forrest paying twenty million pounds for somebody who's on the super fringes of Liverpool goes to show just you know just how deep that that well is. So Clayton's bet on himself, and uh, hopefully it'll be of mutual benefit. Yeah, good deal, exciting tangent, Claxon. A lot of your your Welsh lads they're moving around this summer trying to trying to make that twenty six man squad, aren't they? I don't think they have to worry, but there's been a fair few. Yeah, certainly has. Got to get yourself uh, in the window, and um, quite a few going to be buzzing around the prem, maybe more in the uh, you know in the relegation struggle spots. But that's that's fine. We'll take it. The other transfer rumor that we expect to be done shortly maybe by the time you've listened to this, is trialist Ronan Darcy, who's played in all the friendly so far. Um, he's not been confirmed, but Bolton Wanderers manager Ian Everett has pretty much confirmed it in an interview where he says we wish him well at Swindon. So um, no major surprise there, but it looks like Ronan Darcy will be a Swindon player shortly. But we've said that about a few players recently, haven't we? I'm just imagining, I mean, yeah, pretty much confirmed. I'm just imagining the efforts I would go to to make a, a deep fake of Ian Everett saying that. Yeah, it's 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 nailed on. But obviously, uh, you want to save save good news for a not so rainy day and perhaps we'll, we'll heal the the full terms later in the week maybe even probably oh let's be fair we're recording a pod so probably about 10 minutes after we upload this uh it'll be announced or collapsed or <laughs> he's unveiled somewhere else you know the usual that we've 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 put him through three games and then he goes inside for northampton or something you know crazier things have happened joe deep fakes really freak me out it creeps me out completely i saw a deep fake of bill hader doing impression where his face sort of morphed into Al Pacino and I couldn't stop thinking about it for the rest of the day it, it was it was so creepy why do people do this well at least people probably just do it for you know for fun and amusement there was some if you'd seen the deep fakes for the uh, 2019 general election which were probably two of the worst examples I've ever seen with two terrible impressions of uh, Corbyn and Johnson you, you would have slept easier than watching that Bill Hader clip. I've seen that, and it is it is eerie. Yeah, it, it's very, very creepy. I can't cope with it, but deep fakes. Ugh. Woking, Tuesday night, hot. 
67 brave souls commuted to Woking to watch the town try and just shrug away the 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 embarrassment <laughs> of Supermarine over the weekend. You were one of them. Well done. Um, this is going to be, as all preseason analysis should be, very much based on vibes. But I got the impression that you were going to drag yourself as opposed to skipping to uh, to this game. So well done for both going and making it in time for a 7pm kickoff. Totally by surprise as well. I've not been to Woking before. It's not that far from where I am now. It's about 40 minutes if I if I took the, uh, the gauntlet of running the motorways. Um, but I went the scenic route, so I had a nice time passing through um, Buckinghamshire, Berkshire, and into the Surrey borders. I don't know what's going on with like these place names. You know, Chobham and Cobham are too close together. Wokingham and Woking are too close together. But fine, we'll go with it. Very nice drive, very scenic, going round. You know, the sort of Great Windsor Park area. Very pretty. Nice villages, nice tour, all good. Um, not been to Woking before, and it's in a lovely, lovely park that's got. Um, Two football clubs in it. There's an Ismithian League one just over the road as well. Uh, but not really knowing the town and seeing that it was a bit of a trek from town centre, I thought I'll make my way there and see what my food and drink options are. Limited, but I happened to see on the board 7pm, not 7.45. So I think I had like 45 minutes to get a beer somewhere and chill out was not the case. I just had time to get in, find a spot on a long block of concrete uh, and drink a tango and watch the watch the first half. Sounds great to me. Sounds great to me. Um, yeah, we had a few old familiar faces in the Woking lineup. Uh, Rowan Ince, who was part of that dreadful 2016-17 uh, campaign, um, but scored a hell of a goal, didn't he, nearer to the end of that. Scott Cuthbert, he's just joined Woking, having dropped out of the EFL. I even think we had Reese uh, Grigo Grego Cox on trial at one stage too. Um, but the Swindon lineup were all contracted players, which is good. So Solbrin in goal, playing the whole 90 minutes. Then Kyan Harries, Matthew Baldry, uh, Kieran Brennan, Reese Devine, Louis Reed, Tyrese Shady, Ben Gladwin, Johnny Williams, Jake Wakeling, and Harry McCurdy. So it, it does look like the fact that there was only one maybe two trialists on the bench. We are now moving away from that. Let's have a look at these players and we're moving towards what squad we have heading towards Harrogate in a few weeks' time or a couple of weeks' time, which is which is probably the right way to go about things, isn't it? Yeah, this was much more of a run-out. When we were talking earlier about the fan base being rattled about the Supermarine game, definitely sort of got that impression from that first 11 that there was a, a point to prove straight away from the opening stages and so you, yeah, you've got your probably by uh, organic design you've got your your sort of uh, 5-3-2, 3-5-2 with the pseudo wingbacks. I thought more the 3-5 than the 5-3 because if they're wingbacks they're pushing up quite high um, into that shape and um, McCurdy and Wakeling partnering up top. So, as it stands at present, that could be uh, what we see going into our opening game. That looks, I, if 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 that was it and no more business, then 
could could somewhat resemble that, couldn't it? Yeah, it's looking like he's a three-five-two man, Lindsay, doesn't it? Looking at the uh, the Melksham game, from what I've heard about Supermarine and this one, consistency. So no no issues there. But oh, if this is the lineup before, uh, well, for Harrogate, that that might uh, cause some issue, I, I imagine. But it absolutely isn't going to be, is it? Looking at the back and thinking about that, uh, those initial performances, there almost is a little bit more galvanising in key areas. Some people still look a little bit. Uh, a little bit off the pace, but I didn't get to go to Melksham. I didn't get to go to Supermarine, so I don't know you know, how particularly that played out other than what I've heard on the pod and what I've read. Uh, but if I was to guess from that information that I've had there, the players do seem to be becoming more familiar with one another and how uh, each other plays. There seems to, those relationships seem to be forming quite nicely and like I said coming straight out from the from the get-go it was quite it was for a pre-season game and my understanding is that Woking have a bit of extra cash this year you know they've got their um, ex-EFL talents you've got Paddy Amond who was at Exeter last year from um, Newport County making up Ben Wills is Newport County excuse me um, making up the thing so there is there is that literally just dropped out of League Two uh, talent there. So I would have thought they would have both got a little bit more gently bently, but there was there was there was some needle to it from the off. Both teams looking like they want to have a point to prove. Um I know that Harry's in the post match for Supermarine seemed to express some disappointment in in the result. Uh and yeah, just coming straight out of the blocks. Early chances for Wakeling and Gladwin. Um, literally all in the in the first ten minutes. Swindon seemed to have good control um, of the game overall, but definitely weren't doing that sort of feeling out from last year. Getting straight to it. So let's talk about the new players then. So this is your first opportunity to see Bryn, Harry's, Brennan, Divine, Shady, uh, Wakeling who started so who stood out did anyone sort of just you know they did a job who were the ones that that good or bad stood out to you Uh, I thought Brim was excellent as a last line of defense um looked over at the bench to see you know Lewis Ward in his replete in his yellow and he looked a bit like he was daydreaming he looked looked quite a forlorn figure I was surprised not to see him at all I don't know what's going on there but maybe that's just the rotation for the day yeah I think I think they're doing this quite well actually instead of giving them 45 minutes each it seems that they are completely rotating them so Bryn played the full 90 at Malksham Ward played the four full 90 at Supermarine Bryn's done this midweek and I imagine Ward will will play against Eastleigh so they're two similar say Malksham and Supermarine are, are similar fixtures Woking and Eastleigh are Pretty much identical fixtures, so it's good build up, isn't it? Really, it's a shame we don't have two marquee sort of um friendlies so we can see how they do there. But I, I do sort of get a sense that you know it, you, you don't have a lone player on the bench, really. So I, I would be expecting Bryn to start, and if you're Lewis Ward, you must be. You must be scratching your head, but I don't think there's any malice at the moment or any, it's just a pure rotational policy here. 
No, and yeah, like I said, they, we'll, we'll get onto that later. But there wasn't the full, um, complete lineup change um, at halftime either. That some of the first teams has got got a longer, a longer spell than they would have done on the last couple of Saturdays. Um, playing the three at the back, and you know, people are still getting used to uh, where people are positionally and used to defending together. Did leave Brid exposed a few times, but when he was literally the last line, he pulled off some excellent saves and held the ball well. I was very impressed with him. Um, one of those people who put him under a bit of pressure early doors was our from Mr. Kian Harris, who we we're talking about, who was having that hangover from the Supermarine game. He did the post-match on Talk of the Town and sounded uh, a little disappointed to have lost the uh, the two on there. Um in the first 10 minutes, he sort of went to slide into a mond and got completely uh, sidelined. And there was a one-on-one that Brim managed to save very well and keep his blushes away. And it felt to me like for the next five minutes, like he was looking into the abyss, that those those same things that some of our Bristol Rovers supporting friends had told us about you know him going forward and getting caught out seemed to keep happening and I he managed to once the once uh, Swindon had got the cushion and got a second goal he seemed to relax more into that and had a more a more conservative style of playing it was more more give and go and he was taking less risk so he did improve and he that seemed to improve his confidence that's kind of what preseason is for though is to sort of shake out those gremlins of last year of you know letting those mistakes haunt you so it was it was good resolve that he didn't let that overwhelm him, but there was a sort of five minute spell where yeah he looked like he was spiraling and it was uh, tricky to say. On the uh, side, so you had Divine and is it Shade or Shady? Because I'm sure I'm saying Shady because Sean Hodgetts used it once, and if Sean Hodgetts <laughs> said it is incorrect, then then I'll cheerfully withdraw. But. I, I like shady as a term, but were they saying shade on on the pitch at the game? Or I, I was only hearing from I think Scott Lindsay had said. Did Scott Lindsay or Jay, Jamie Day say shade in one of their interviews? Not sure. Yeah, you know, who knows? That's fine. I mean, I'm going shady now forevermore. So that's it now. It's it's shady for this podcast. I'm not going to correct myself. Now <laughs> it's just a it's just like a nickname now. We've got old shady uh, playing this weekend. So done. We're, we're, we're backed, we're cool. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're occupying those wing-back places. Uh, Shady and McCurdy seem to have a real understanding on the field. They link up very well together. They've managed to figure um, each other's movement out very quickly. That could be very useful, which ties in nicely to uh, McCurdy's new partner, Jacob Wakeling, who got a lot of plaudits um, yesterday. The only thing for me is no no slight on his performance because he, you know, he wasn't even very good and constantly creating stuff, especially early on. My thing is it's hard to tell because, well, you have to sort of address the elephant in the room and that McCurdy is a lot more selfish than he is. He's more selfless than McCurdy. Um, but at the same point, I don't blame McCurdy for being selfish in a friendly because why wouldn't you chance your arm and have a go? So it's hard to get a gauge as to how that would operate in a in a real game with real stakes, because, you know, if you see an opening and you want to have a pop, then, well, you could be in the FA Cup final and McCurdy would probably still play like that anyway, wouldn't he? But 
he is much more much more selfless and more of a creative uh, striker and can see you know openings and if he had a chance or there's somebody who's more open that you know he could side footed to and they could tap in he's more likely to make that pass than to have a go himself this makes sense then doesn't it if you're if you're going to if you're building your team around Harry McCurdy on the basis that you know he was he was the top scorer last year and you're quite right. He is more likely to get his head down and try and get the ball in the net as opposed to see what options are around him more. You know, he, he's not completely 100% selfish, but the overwhelming majority of the time, if he fancies it, he's going to go for it, whether it's a, a, a surging run or trying to finish from, from difficult angles. But if you're bringing in players that are going to just adhere to that and work alongside that working mentality that's going to work out isn't it but if you if you're going to sign a traditional number nine who is going to try and do exactly the same as McCurdy then that that can sometimes cause issues um on the pitch can it not like personal ones but as in like two players just desperately trying to score when there's there's a when there's Johnny Williams free or somebody else or Lou Reed from distance you know that we only really want one player to do that and the other one to work alongside you know it works right exactly it makes perfect sense but like I say but when we see that in our first league game it will be interesting in a good way yes yes and what about Reese Devine any anything from him? Uh, yeah, he was sort of on the opposite side to like uh, uh, the end that I was on. So I was more on the uh, the shady side, not the literal shady side. Didn't have a roof, <laughs> very exposed. So yes, lots of lots of good vocals as well. I was enjoying that. Lots of talking, people making themselves aware. Lots of tight, quick passing. Um, when Devine's like under pressure, he seems to manage to cope very well. To manage to turn and pass out, but. Yeah, much more on the uh, on the shady side, so I didn't get to see a lot of him through the throng of players. But he looked good when I did see. Not a problem. That's that's fine. Okay, so first half, you know, following it from afar, it seems like um, Woking had a few decent chances at nil nil. But then Swindon took the lead after eighteen minutes through Harry McCurdy, who and Johnny Williams scored after twenty six minutes. What, what can you tell me about those goals? So yes, the first one that was through. Uh, that was Wakeling managing to find McCurdy through that, and he seemed to really enjoy taking about maybe two or three people before firing in front of that big, nice new stand at uh, Woking. Second, not so long after, is McCurdy snapped at it, and then in the rebound, uh, Williams managed to catch it nicely and just sort of flick that back in, which was really lovely to see. But that that was a good example of, um, you know, of Wakeling's selfless, selflessness to find McCurdy to make that run around. It won't surprise you to hear that the uh, Woking faithful, um, from going from a few grumbles of what McCurdy was up to, um, soon managed to make him the, the panto villain that many other of our friends in League 2 have made him over the year, and uh, it seemed to quite enjoy Riding them up for some reason. Not even no, there's no gestures or anything. They just seemed wound up by his by his general play. But uh, it's nice to know that 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 transcends leagues. Isn't that funny? I've, I don't think we've ever had a player in the modern era like Harry McCurdy, where obviously people latch on to his social media input, whether you know they're they're impacted in or not, to the point now where fans want. Harry McCurdy to play against their club one so they can sort of jeer him and two so they can go on social media and take the mickey out of him if 
if Swindon were to lose, especially, or you know, knee jerk or flap at something that he said. So it's it's we're seeing modern football in action here. Yeah, I I, I must have my fan blinkers on because I don't. I, when he scores and he you know he's cupping his ears or he's doing the bow and arrow to away fans, I get it. When he's just sort of generally playing, or he's been fouled and you think that he made a meal of it and you're giving him grief. I don't get it because it's not as different to any other EFL player. They all do it. So I don't really understand that. I can understand people being wound up by his egregious celebrating, of which there was not a lot of that yesterday. He was not giving it the bow and arrow at Woking. But general play or frustration with ref's decisions is perfectly normal. Plenty of plenty of the Woking players were giving the referee a piece of their mind didn't. I don't understand that aspect. Maybe it's just cool to have Harry McCurdy come and play against you and get wound up about it. A certain generation of, of fans have yearned for a socks down player for years. And now just the notion of him wearing his socks down infuriates people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and along with many other things. Yeah, as long as he's our player, then, you know, do your thing, Harry McCurdy. Second half, then there were no changes um, much like what happened at Melksham, but complete opposite of what happened at Supermarine. There were no changes at half time. Um, Swindon scored two goals in the second half, 4 0, and obviously Ben Gladwin and another goal for Harry McCurdy. Players that featured in the second half include the new signing Tom Clayton, Ricky Aguilar, Mo Dabre, uh, Harry Parsons, Harrison Minton came on. Ronan Darcy came on, I believe, George Calmeadow, Anton Dwarzak, Oscar Massey, and Sonny Hart got the last 10 or so minutes to at the back. So what can you tell me about, a very broad stroke question here, what can you tell me about that second half, goals and all? Uh, well, I think I could, perhaps the media end side was on the opposite side to me, and I think maybe someone might have had a handicap. Uh, going, I guess, for analysis reasons. But if so, get in that office and get that Gladwin goal clipped. Because I know we've been talking, of course, a lot about you know who's new, and that's the real interest in preseason. We want to know about new faces. But it was lovely to see you know Gladwin and Williams and Baldry and Reed. And I have to admit, you know, every time that they're on the ball and you know managing things, you think, yeah, that's right. That's that's what we want here. <laughs> Especially the likes of uh, Reedy Gladwin playing in that kind of that you know that inimitable style that is quite marmite for some people, but creating so much space with that kind of the the sort of languid, lanky pushes forward was really excellent, and the strike was superb. If if town want good vibes, and the top tip from me to the media team get that get that goal clipped and put that up, and people will be delighted. It was scintillating. Second was when you had our new man. What's it? Uh, Mr. Ah, pre-season. Pre- pre-season's great, isn't it? Tom Clayton. Tom Clayton, yeah, when he's come in. Um, yes, the fourth one from that, so, yeah, he's managed to pump it long, Jamie Day style, um, and find McCurdy, and he's just, he's just uh, lifted it. I thought he'd actually backheel mobbed the keeper, but um, yeah, he just flicked it over their keeper. Um, and a lovely finish. Throughout that second half, we'd gradually kind of changed over to sub everybody off. It didn't all happen 
straight away. It kind of some came on about sixty minutes in, a few more at the seventy mark, and then the last ones run sort of eighty, eighty five. So it's got sort of gradually transitioned and took everybody over. Um and I think Woking managed to do the same with their you know, their fringe players and some of their younger players as well. But I can't say that anybody looked particularly out of place. I was very impressed with uh, Harrison Minton taking the middle. I don't know why I'd, I'd assume, because you know, Clayton is Miss Liverpool Academy, I sort of assumed that he might take the middle. He looked very commanding. Him and Aguiar, they both look um, a bit bulkier. Must have some good weights at Marlborough College, so they look broader. Yeah, Dabre definitely looked that way in at Malksham. Absolutely didn't look as a... Yeah, he definitely looked like they've, they've they've turned him more into the physique of a footballer, definitely. But it kind of puts me to mind. There's a few with uh, it's not it's not a comment on how they how they play. It's more a sort of when you're watching players like Cowmeadow, uh, the way that they kind of react to what they're playing up against and what they're up against. So it called to mind that you know using those loan systems, use that loan system early on in the season before things like the Papa John start, which you know we'd like to use some of these fringe players in, uh, could be quite useful. And I'd spoken a little while before um, to Dan Hunt online about this, that it's good using the Chipton loan and it'd be good to use maybe Hungerford and Bath if we ever renew our friendship with them. We could do with it. We could do with... Um, we could do with a national league friend, couldn't we? And I wonder if I wonder if maybe Woking or Maidenhead or someone else that are a bit local um, might be might be useful to have because certainly for somebody like Aguiar, I mean, I would think that you'd want him to be in and around the first team. But how useful would it have been last year to graduate from a Chippenham to a a Maidenhead and go up a level and then bring them back a bit like when we see our Premier League friends of, you know, they like to recall loans and then send them out to a League One and then eventually to a championship. It That's just bridging that gap. We saw last year that people like Parsons and Aguiar and a little bit Dabre towards the end, you know, they were showing that they could hold their own at Chippenham, but that that level was maybe a little bit beneath them and they could just to cut their teeth the next level up. Yeah. Totally. Fingers crossed that that will happen. What about more attacking players like Oscar Massey and Harry Parsons, who who got minutes again, and Massey getting 20, um, Parsons getting just short of half an hour? Because I, I can't help but think this is a really important time for, say, Harry Parsons, who's, I think, only signed on for one more year, and he was used a fair bit last season, didn't get as many minutes um, and it's hard to make that make that impression, but he's somebody that might not want those Chippenham loans this year because that's where you end up. This is really a great opportunity for him, and hopefully he he does get more of a chance in the final preseason. We know he's going to get like a ninety minute game on one day because they're playing Cardiff and Worthing on the same day, so he's going to get a proper run out in one of those. So, you know, it's it's a big summer for Harry, isn't it? Yes, it's it's a huge summer. I mean, uh, both him and Massey, I mean, they look... I mean, Parsons looked looked good going for... He had a a chance later on, I think, that was uh, parried away when um, 
sort of towards the end of the end of the half. We didn't see a lot of him last year because they were kind of late cameo appearances, and I think he did have his his Chippenham spell caught short and called back, but there was very much a reluctance to change anything. I think that maybe there might be a little bit more. I mean, a hard sell from preseason. You've got the utility with younger players that that you could try changing it up rather than just bringing somebody off at like 88 minutes because one of the strikers is cream crack and that's never going to give somebody enough to to show what they're what they're worth so i don't know if that's something that if you could make that that national league relationship work that if you could get players out on short loans to test them at that level and you keep if you keep either parsons or massey and get the other one minutes somewhere i don't know if that's an option to do um but i would think for the forward positions that's probably probably not too too bad to have those four options you've got four fairly slight players although as we said parsons looks looks to have toned up as well um so you don't have that davison or that simpson mold there but if you've got two playing off each other and you're making these partnerships happen, then you don't have to rely on just hoping to get it up top to somebody to hold it up like last year. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. 4-0 Swindon. Lovely stuff. How are you feeling afterwards? Enthused? Very enthused. Enthused enough to get to the old Gordon Ramsay burger and uh, have a celebratory <laughs> uh, meal. It looked, it looked, it looked very com- competent and, you know, Woking were not there to just be pushovers. And when you look at the business of who they're bringing in, they seem to want to give, I mean, it, expectation would be that, you know, the likes of Wrexham et al will be the ones pushing for that automatic spot, but probably want to get that outside playoff chance and look to, look to build. So they weren't there to, you know, just be the doormat had the experience in the side, but Swindon pretty much controlled the whole game. So it was, I don't know at this stage of the season how much more encouraging it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens in the scorching heat at Eastleigh, but it's, it's certainly a heat we're not used to, is it in, in England? Is there a cutoff? Is there a, if it does get to the 40, is there a, or they're just scheduling more. Yeah, just multiple drinks breaks, just relentless, um, and rightly so. But you know, I'm, you know, listen to me. Oh, not happy when it's raining. No, it's too hot. <laughs> you want it? No. I'm, I'm always happy when it's raining. I want to announce that. You know, I've got no problem with that. Shelter. When the uh, when the club shop is uh, back online, maybe they could bring back the knotted hanky. How about that? Well, maybe. <laughs> Exactly, other knotted hanky. Uh... Hi, this is Jan Fjordoft, and welcome. And I'm on Loath Strangers. But it's so hard for Norwegian. Love Strangers. Not really much more to talk about. We still don't know what the fate of Jack Payne is in terms of where he's going to end up next. I think the whole world, including him, probably wants that sorted out as soon as possible. And again, by the time you listen to this, who knows, it might be announced, whether that's at Swindon or elsewhere. Rob Hunt still hasn't signed for anyone either. Same provisos as I provided for Jack Payne. That could be announced at any moment. And finally, ticket prices 
for match days have gone up very slightly. Um, in March 2022, they announced the match day prices for this coming season. And this week they have announced them again, um, just with slight increases. So now the town end for adults has gone up a pound to 21 quid. The 25 pounds on the side stands remains uh, over 65s. You're paying an extra couple of quid, same for students and under 11s have gone up by a pound two under 18s have also gone up by a couple quid or one quid in the town end I don't really want to flap wildly flap is the phrase I like to use on this pod isn't it it's not something I really want to do I don't agree with it I think they made their announcement they should stick with it I don't see this compromise as a victory I still see it as a price increase I'm a season ticket holder. It doesn't make any difference to me because I've purchased mine, but I just don't understand why they they announced original, whether they thought that we were up or not. I don't know, but it's not for me, but I appreciate it's minimal, but still it just doesn't sit well with me. And the town end is, is not more than 20 quid. It's an awful stand to watch football in. You can generate an atmosphere, but it's terrible. It doesn't fill me with, you know, with, great confidence i know that it's it's marginal and it is less than it is less than the increases that went to the advisory board that we all balked out when they were saying about 23 pounds for the town end and 25 and we we had spoken about people who were infrequent flyers um in our you know, early adulthood the the difference between you know 15 pounds to go into the town end and 20 22 to go into the sides was enough to make that decision. I don't know if that's quite there now, and it wouldn't have been there if it was between twenty three and twenty five. I football is football is essentially it's a it's a product, isn't it? And the EFL is a TV product. I think this is it's not just Swindon. This is a problem across the board. We know that you know Premier League is subsidised immensely by. TV rights here and internationally to the point that you know they could probably quite feasibly sell one pound tickets and not make dents to their income, but it's a it's a hot ticket. It's a hot ticket for the fans to see Premier League football. It's a hot ticket for people who you know come over here to see. What I don't get in the transition of that is we don't get we get a equitable distribution of TV money in the AFL, but it's not very much. Things that I follow seem quite woolly. You've seen Andy Holt from Accrington have a whinge about that. But as a product, just as a product alone, when I put on EFL on Quest as it was, or well it'll be on one of the ITV channels next year, and you're seeing games in the championship, your Barnsleys, your Reddings, and you're seeing empty seats everywhere, it doesn't make for like looking like a great product. And this is where I feel quite passionately about Ticket prices that, yes, it might just be a quid here or there, but if Swindon aren't absolutely flying, and it is a gamble if you go into this model of developing players and building things up, then you're not going to have your 10,000 gates. So moving things around and just having a quid here and a quid there is not going to make a lot of difference. I didn't think that tickets were especially cheap. And I know that they'd raised some aware some concerns that people were getting in on concessions that weren't entitled to them. So you just have to enforce that a little bit better. But it does rankle a bit when you're not maximising your revenue by having enough kits on order, or you're not having 
you know, the website open for people to actually buy stuff. There's not everybody just in, you know, SN1 and the environs who will come and queue all of the time. And to another extent, the priority points as well for Harrogate, I think, is an absurdity. Give the priority window to season ticket holders and then move on. I'm seeing stories of people buying their Cardiff tickets to a game that they won't be able to go to or they won't go to just so that they can access their away tickets for priority points. And that's an absurd state of affairs. Yeah, and no, that's a win for the club. I mean, you can't tell me that that wasn't going to be like the uh, a nice little side for them that people are going to spend 10 quid to essentially get in the queue for hopefully get being one of the 600 that gets to go to Harrogate. Well, no, exactly. I think, I think if I'm right, when this uh, had been announced, um, yeah, Cardiff had the yeah, had the hype of maybe Bale will come and maybe the idea of seeing Gareth Bale for 30 minutes at the county ground again would have been a lure to pack it in. But last I saw, there was only one stand open for this friendly and that the police have moved it to midday anyway. So the the glamour and the lure have been gradually chiselled out of it. You don't see a lot of big teams coming to do friendlies this year because they all seem to prefer tours anyway. So I, it may, perhaps it's a... You know, a marketing thing that's got lost, but rather than put the squeeze on tickets and rather than just think about squeezing the faithful, you've got to make you've got to make concessions and you know reach out to to people. If it's if it's worth that much to have an extra pound a game, get your get your small things in the club shop. Get your lovely pens for Bristol Rovers fans to stamp on. Get your key rings. <laughs> Get your bags of sweets, your rubber. These are the sort of things, it sounds silly, but these are sometimes the things that I'll pick up, like a game to just, oh, I'll get a new pen or I'll get an enamel badge or something like that. And they, you know, they add up. But if it's not there, you're not getting that revenue. In relation to the initial bit with the, 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 the slight increases to prices, if they were just held fire and just reviewed it, but the fact that they announced them and then wanted to tweak them, I, I, I do wonder what the rest of the EFL do in regards to priorities, because obviously the bigger the club, you have all sorts of packages where you become a gold, silver, bronze, sort of like early bird. You buy all sorts of memberships to get yourself the priorities. Swindon aren't in that place right now, but I'll be interested to see how everyone else does it because making people buy a, a ticket to a friendly that they don't want to go to to go to a game that they want to when you're trying to appease a very loud minority i think yeah when i lived in leicester and they of course you know went up to the premier league they moved away from you know the world of yeah just walk up on the day and you, you'll get a ticket no problem to that membership window but season tickets were that's exempt from this membership window and when it came to priorities your season tickets would get the first priority and then it would be your gold member, silver, bronze that way, cascade down from after that. It just makes sense to me to open it to your season ticket holders. If you want to cap it and say season ticket plus one or whatever and just say they go on sale at five in the afternoon on this day and when they're gone, they're gone, that's surely one way to do it. Yeah, I I appreciate it. It's an absolute no-win scenario for any football club in this. You're not going to please everyone. And I don't think they're, they're going out to please everyone here either. They're just trying something out. You know, it's it's something, it's Swindon Town, so we're going to talk about it. And um, 
although I'm not outraged, I'm just a little bit like, nah, it's not for me. But that's my opinion. Um, and we move on from it. So there we go. Um, a Wednesday update. Uh, a bit later than usual. We'll see if anything else else happens in midweek. If anything wonderful happens before Friday, we'll pod that. Otherwise, we'll be back for Eastley. Until then, Joe, thank you very much. Thanks, Rich. Bye-bye. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.